0: Their last name comes from the Dutch, meaning someone who lived by a large or conspicuous tree. And though I could not confirm they were all part of the same family, those who have this surname include Ryan, a New York-based performer who has appeared in Hail Caesar and Fosse Verdon on screen, Danny, a quarterback for the Wisconsin Badgers, and Esther, the chief financial officer of Tyra Biosciences. Their last name, of course... Is Vanden Boom, and they're always welcome right here in the Doom Room. I'm Alex, and I'm doomed.
1: I'll the Dada train, vroom vroom. Welcome to the Doom Room. I'm Justin, and I'm, I'm doomed. I'm Pete. Ooh, that was a that was an excited early
0: Pete. It sounds like he wants to talk about this episode, which is season three, episode the six. 1917 Patrol. Now, a brief bit of recap if you haven't checked it out in a while. Rita has traveled back in time to 1917 per the title. She oh. loses. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just got it. Ah, there, there you go. There's usually a clever hit.
2: Uh, the... I don't know if you noticed this
0: is wondering... a clever hit in the title of the episodes. like they do a word and then they do patrol. Mm-hmm. Like it gives you a hit. Oh, 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 I don't oh, know if you've mentioned that oh, before, Pete.
1: Oh, nope. Because the show's named Doom Patrol. What? I thought it was Doom Petrol, like the gas prices are crazy. Gas prices are crazy. They're, really high. High. They're yeah. high. That's what everyone, <laughs> that seems like what everyone's mad about.
0: Did you just say harumph? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that every once in a while you transform into a cartoon. So Rita has traveled back in time. She loses her memory. She
2: has been trying Which to is- It's glad we're finally seeing this. This is a real thing about time travel. People don't know about it. But if you do travel back in time, memory gone. Wiped.
1: I mean it makes sense. That means that time travel could be real, it's just people forget. Exactly.
0: Oh, that's the only way we're getting away with it.
1: I, I like
0: that idea. Maybe that will come up at some point. But uh, that is a smart, subtle thing. If not, so thank you for. We're learning so much here at the top of the podcast. Look at this.
1: See, Alex, you don't. You haven't seen this episode, so you're not fully like entrenched in your thoughts. Pete's yeah. dropping knowledge on you in a way that
2: we just don't see. Yeah. Oh,
1: this is great. This is great. I feel like Justin's we've all got time all his teeth. A what
2: a time to be alive. <laughs> all my
1: teeth back. I grow them back like a lizard.
0: So, Rita has traveled back in time to 1917. She loses her memory. She is looking for Laura DeMille, played by Michelle Gomez, as well as the Sisterhood of Dada. She discovers them in the Bureau of Normalcy as she starts to work there. Turns that out they're place. a social club for metas who are hanging out, who are prejudiced against by. Bi- the Bureau of Normalcy, the people who work in the ant farm. Meanwhile, in the present, a lot of stuff going on with our characters. Cliff is, it turns out by the end of the episode, trying to win a (laughs) keychain by spending (laughs) all of his money online. Meanwhile, Jane is encouraging Kay to grow up and buy a pair of shoes. Instead, she steals a bike. But it leads to a big showdown in the underground, or at least the beginnings of one. And Cyborg is grappling with the revelation from the last episode that he doesn't really know who he is and what he is and starts to pursue getting some synthetic skin. And last, but certainly not least, Larry confronts his son, Paul. Yes. Uh, and uh, so lots of stuff going on. First
1: but of all, though, yes, Pete.
2: Let's but- take it back to the beginning. And Toot,
1: talk- let's back up the truck. Merch yeah, available uh, at and let's, ta-
2: let's talk about that lovely lady in Iowa that was hysterical. She's like... Uh, hey, if you want some trouble, you got it. But if you're just passing I. through, like, welcome. The
0: second, her name is Betty Ann Bucklestone, and I made sure to write that down because the second <laughs> I saw her, I was like, Pete loves this. Pete's going to love this shit. <laughs> That was hysterical. I mean, that
2: was just hysterical.
1: You like people in the country who don't take guff from the That's, right. <laughs> That's
2: right. What a fun... I mean I wanna take
0: it back a little bit before that though, because I there's narration at the beginning talking Mm. about Rita traveling back in time. She sees moments from her past outside the ship. There's this beautiful moment where she's crying and the tears float off of her face and disappear, which I thought was gorgeous. But I was a little
2: worried that it was gonna be like this those tears and uh, then she drowned uh, in a horrible accident. because <laughs> The moisture destroyed all of this stuff inside of the ship, and uh, she well, died. Well,
0: first of yeah. all- That's
1: why uh, you never cry.
2: Never cry. The thing,
0: reason I wanted to bring this up is I watched it with the closed captionings on, and you wouldn't know this because they don't mention it on the show, but the one who is narrating it is Shipley. So yeah. I assume the ship itself is narrating what's going on oh. there. And I wonder if that's gonna come back later. It also struck me a little bit like Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou a little bit, yeah, sort of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, That definitely was
1: the tone of the narration. Yeah, or if you prefer Spongebob Squarepants. Um, For people who prefer Spongebob (laughs) over uh, Steve Zissou? Mm -hmm.
2: Wow. Wow. I would love to see the Life Aquatic with Spongebob Squarepants, personally. I don't. I think you spend a little too much time watching cartoons. Maybe Willem Dafoe oh, should. Okay, pop that's up. rich um, coming from you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Far I don't for rub. I didn't like it coming out of my mouth, but it was already <laughs> halfway there. It
1: was, it was already out. Anyway. Uh, you vomited it uh, real quick. <laughs> the outside of the uh, the time machine, did we see? We saw some like dogs and stuff. Was right, the right. girl who fell into the crack that Rita was mad at? the girl who sort of passed to the frame right at the oh, end. Oh,
2: I don't know. It was a weird... Yes, I, was a, I think so. That,
1: that's yeah. who I thought it was, and I thought that was a cool little moment, because she seemed Well, to she kiss. also shows up in
0: a news article, I believe, later on in the episode, where she's missing. She sort of feels like this season's edible, vegetable, mineral man, so I wonder mm-hmm. if she's going to come back at some point again, and we'll see what happens to her.
1: And while you're talking about beautiful moments, beautiful tears, beautiful narration, when Rita does arrive, she can't remember her name, but has to pee. And I think we've all been there. (laughs) This...
0: That's the same thing that happened with Laura DeMille when she got out there. So my thought is yeah. either time travel makes you pee or it's just such a long trip. It's
2: a long trip. Guys. And you get I mean, you've
1: no been on a, a long car trip. ride. Yeah, yeah. Where you're like, all I can think of is uh like eighties the eighties songs I've been playing on loop on this drive and I'm nearly gonna pee my pants. I've yeah. never
0: been on a long drive. I need to stop to pee every twenty minutes.
1: It's cause you're uh, pregnant,
0: like Larry. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I'm prego. This, yes, she does need to pee. She gets there. I also love, while we're sticking to the beginning of the episode, we got to see the Brain and Monsieur Mala again, who are watching them, have a very fun exchange where they're like, ah, I think I could rejigger this time travel machine by just looking at it. So clearly they're going to come back again. Uh, But we're getting a lot of stuff piled on here in this season.
2: Also, uh, amazing art. You know, the brain's like, you know, draw this time machine and yeah. impressive. I mean, that
1: gorilla is a has a future career as a comic book pencil. Yeah, I mean, I
2: this is a very
0: side to this, but I sort of love think it's very weird. A, the amount of gorillas that are in DC Comics history, but B, the amount of CGI gorillas that they put on screen in DC shows like they have Gorilla Grodd. Right. They have Miss Me here. There's definitely a third one that I'm not remembering. Um, has Detective Chimp showed up in live, a- live action? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. But it's, they always look like a little janky. They don't exactly move right. They're too big for it, but it's fine.
1: It's There's good. something where people think that's very funny. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's never been, for me, I'm like talking gorilla, i like not necessary for my uh, personal <laughs> nah. flavor. It's not my flavor. It's not my tempo. The
0: thing that but, I like about them, and I've mentioned this before, though, is I love the relationship between the brain and Mr. Mala. That I do think is fun and funny because they are in love, and he's so huge, and the brain is so tiny, and Mr. Mala is so wry and sarcastic, and the brain is so serious and straightforward. It's just a fun relationship to play with.
1: It reminds me of a Bebop-Krang relationship, mm. uh, You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was interesting too because it makes me think that we're creating a um, a problem for the time stream where I think they're going to design the, the, the time machine that Rita's in. So um, that's a problem mm. because uh, it's reverse engineering um, how time works. And then um, I think that we're setting up why they try to kill Rita earlier on in this season and end up uh, killing him the whole Well, day. that was
0: the one. Uh, two things I wanted to talk about here. One of the things I was surprised about with this episode, which I don't think was bad, but I expected we were going to get, okay, this is the time travel every episode where it kind of ties everything up. But instead we stayed in a relatively short period of time. Um, so it seems like this is something that's going to play out over multiple episodes tying into exactly what you're saying, Justin. And I think we're going to see some stuff wrapping up there.
2: Well, that's the beauty of, you know, the mind wipe is that takes away the uh, time hopping. You know what I mean? Once you don't know who you are and what's going on, you know, there's not this uh, kind of need to jump back in the time machine. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get
0: what you're saying. And this is going far afield. I do want to come back to one other thing about this in terms of the time travel. But I also loved the idea that Rita is finally able to embrace her powers and use her powers properly when she has all of this baggage completely wiped away. It was such a yeah. smart, beautifully executed mental therapy type thing in a in a very classic Doom Patrol way that I thought was really Well,
1: cool. I don't know. It's I agree with you. It is great that she's been able to sort of be her true self without her insecurities holding her back. Yeah, but I think I, you're Alex, advocating I, I for don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you're getting a lobotomy. I mean, yeah, so yeah, like,
2: no, no, no. You don't I mean, want to be this that is guy. this is another hey, show. Listen, I don't know. I could solve all your problems. All have right? You,
0: you guys have been watching the show Severance on Apple TV Plus, where they do an oh. operation and they oh, sever boy. your work and your life styles. I actually do the same thing for podcasts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know that makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. whenever I see you on the street, you're like, "Get away from me, strange man!" <laughs> and I thought that was a bit, but I guess yeah. you just actually—that's no, no, my Audi.
0: This is my any table. This podcast.
1: Everybody should it's watch gross. Severance, by
0: the way. It's so good. It's, it's
1: Severance is great. I It's I've stressful. It's a
2: little stressful. It's very stressful. I don't like It's like, like it. all
1: good shows. I flipped. I, I, this is my time. Audi. This is my home. My Any <laughs> is
2: the rest of my I life. I don't like oh. the Audi oh. innie talk. I don't appreciate it.
0: The thing I wanted to loop back to, though, Justin, you've had this big theory this whole season about Rita and Laura being the same thing. Mm. Are you still on it after this
1: episode? Or it's done, right? Well, there it doesn't seem like they're the same uh, person, but I do think um, I don't know. It's strange to me that Laura's powers are d- the same sort of of Rita, just more developed. So I think there's more to learn here. I don't think my theory's not fully discounted yet. It would be. It's more of a long shot, though. Um, I think um, I love. Well, before we get into all that specific, I you said this episode you didn't you thought more was going to happen sort of. And, and I just, agree with you. Just,
0: yeah, just in terms of, I I expected, because they are usually so direct in terms of the episodes, that this was like, Reed arrives in 1917, and it just kind of goes forward through the decades through there. But instead, we stuck in, like, yeah, don't try to write ahead of the show, bro. Okay.
1: That's
2: don't well, try well, well, to. On. you know, I'm you just clean enjoy... with this
0: episode. I'm watching clean, baby. Right, so right, uh, right. I'm just uh, yeah, saying. He's he's here, here, you're like, I oh, I think this is what's going to happen. You
1: can. You're on the edge of a precipice. <laughs> you're
0: just not used to it. We've taped thirty something episodes of this pod, maybe twenty something episodes of this podcast so far, and I've been real confident. Now my confidence has been shaken
1: by not knowing what's happening next. You're just, doing a reverse Rita. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly.
2: Just wipe your mind. That'll fix all your problems. Said.
1: Uh, uh, what I was going to say though is, while not a lot happens sort of like you're saying, plot wise, there's so much character movement here. In yeah, the
2: story, exactly. So. I'm not behind this uh, not a lot. I'm happened. not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just <laughs> no, just because I say things doesn't mean they're necessarily I don't
0: like this thing or I like this thing, Pete.
1: Just well, because I, it's a podcast, Pete, just because we say things doesn't mean it means anything or anyone has to listen to it. <laughs> you know? I'll just
0: explain whether I'm doing an idiot opinion or an outie opinion. And that's should oh, sort of please clarify. please stop. Me. Please stop that.
1: Um, oh, well, got... But to talk about sort of Rita's story, like she does. She goes in and says that she's uh, Laura DeMille, right? And yeah. she just has that piece of paper. And that immediately like keys her into these people. Um, who are sort of a doom patrol who have their shit together? They're like yeah. an earlier form of the doom patrol that just like they're outsiders. They, uh, they're sort of just trying to get by. And then Rita has this moment where she's like, forget all this, uh, outsider shit. We, we should be treated with the same respect these other normalcy people treat each other. And that solidifies them together and I think makes them into this like, force oh, the sisterhood it's that interesting act.
2: that you say these people have their shit together more than the doom patrol because it's like i mean they have day jobs and you know they're doing see. things uh uh but i mean we kind of see them just kind of losing their minds a little bit like having fun at a party and i like how you look at that and just be like oh these these people have it together i mean they they know what's up i mean they were like a bad improv troupe released into a lunchroom it was kind of uh crazy
1: uh, yes, it did have, I had a huge, I think I wrote that down. This is definitely like um, improv, <laughs> just improv. It's just what
0: improv yeah, It's, it's like definitely watching an improv rehearsal. You're like, oh, I don't like this. It's funny that all of us have performance backgrounds and also I think have the same reaction, which is like, this is terrible.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Where my specific reference point, you're absolutely right about the improv thing. My reference point is I always think back and I've mentioned this before on other podcasts, but I always think back to this moment in college when I I think I was a freshman, maybe a sophomore. uh, It was, I was at a after party at somebody's house after we had just done a show and everybody spontaneously started singing Castles in the Sky from Pippin. And I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. Then years later, I was like, oh my God, they always do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So really I had flashbacks.
0: I had, like, bad flashbacks from that moment. Oh but
1: while we as hardened um, improv scene comedians um, can be like, this is stupid, let me also take the positive side of it, and their ability to be sort of free amongst each other is what allowed them later to um, be free in front of these people and have it be meaningful to them, and then uh, totally clown them.
2: I mean, straight-up clown those just folks. Just straight-up clown them. I mean, it was... Uh, yeah, there it was beautiful and it was very kind of cool that they can have a place where they feel like themselves and feel free and not kind of feel like the outcast for sure. Um, It's just when you start like doing uh, song poems and stuff like that, I've been to too many like acting rehearsals and too many like play too many improv games. This game is triggering or- for you. Yeah, and well, it was I'm also triggering
1: clown. for Alex because a bunch of people got clowned up, which happens to you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're married to a clown. You're I right am married
0: That's to a clown, so I was like, I got to marry those people now on screen. Yeah. I always got, I already got one marriage. The that all said though, I do think setting up the sisterhood of Dada this way, and particularly there's one very telling conversation that Laura and Rita have where Laura very offhandedly throws out, oh, they really think art can change the world, that I think points to eventually what they're going to be doing in the present day. But overall, the way that they are affecting Doom Patrol as quote-unquote villains certainly makes me think that what they're doing is not actually bad. Like, and yeah. it'll be interesting to see if they do take it too far in terms of whatever their plan is, whatever the eternal flagellation is, or if they are doing something that ultimately would be potentially good for the world. And then as usual, the Doom Patrol will have to stop them and shut down this thing that actually would be very positive and puts them in a worse
1: place. Well, it strikes Maybe. me to your point as something where like, something that started out with the best of intentions, but then it gets a little bit too, like a cult, uh, gets Mm -hmm. a little bit too, like, caught up in itself. Mm -hmm. And eventually you have um, Frenzy being extremely judgmental towards Cyborg, which um, may end up getting him in a better place, but is just, like, so condescending, what we saw last episode, and really messes him up. It feels like that's what what maybe the, the point of this is.
0: We'll also get on the, maybe the thing that sends them off, uh, heading in a direction where they're gonna take it too far. We don't know what's gonna happen with Malcolm. We meet this character, Malcolm, who Rita strikes up a very strong flirtation with this episode. Yeah. He has this falls also an in incredible metaphor of, he uh, literally lost his heart and just has a bird in a cage replaced in his chest. He didn't Alt- lose his heart. He, he
2: gave said away his he traded his heart. Traded he for a canary dude. There's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Now what
1: what would you make? What would why would you make that deal? What's good about that deal?
2: Free canary, canary. bro.
1: Free canary. So what's your if you were in this a similar situation? I think maybe his was heart was, like was
2: broken up. and he was like I don't need this anymore. Like he's so distraught. He was like I don't need this. And somebody was like actually uh my uncle could use a heart. So uh, if we could trade, I got a sweet canary uh, deal for you. So and, what's uh, your
1: what's your deal? What would you trade your heart for? Pete, like what sort
0: of I don't think or... you, I don't think you get you you're know, already kind of trading your heart for a cheesesteak.
2: <laughs> <laughs> slowly happening. It's transforming into a cheesesteak. It's mm. it's over time. <laughs> it's mostly whiz. But yeah, it's
1: uh, yeah. Would you like your heart wit whiz? Oh, yeah. <laughs> always wit whiz, you yeah. know? The, uh, wait, wait, my, wait, my doctor wait, wait. told me I have too much whiz
2: in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> my so whiz late. levels are too high. Wait, I, there's <laughs> a lot to kind of <laughs> talk about here. First off...
1: Pete cut himself shaving and whiz came out. Uh, I don't know I, what...
0: The interesting thing about it though, and, and not a lot of people know this, but it's not even like a blood test that they do. It's literally there's a line of cheese that slowly flows up your body and they, and they check how high it is. If it's yeah. past your heart, you're dead. If it's <laughs> below your heart, you're you are good
2: you're alive you're fine so anyways I, I i think that this is interesting that this whole like laura being a horrible person was she was just always hung over at work she was just always like over it so she was kind of like you know uh, it was funny to see uh laura kind of like she went through that costume change and uh what a change in personality as well where she's hanging yeah. out and Let flowing her gowns yeah yeah just uh Uh, token it up and having a great time. And then she's at work. She's just like, "Eh, uh, uh, die, you know, like.
0: Yeah, I will mention that in the midst of my horrible flashbacks with all of the art and musical theater stuff that was going on, Michelle Gomez and April Bulby's dancing in that scene was so funny and so much yeah. fun. I just loved all of their movements and they really seemed to be having a blast. So that was great. And also if you watch the after the episode stuff, it's basically Michelle Gomez and April Bulby being like, I love her, I love her, I love this choice she made, I love this choice she made. So very into that. Cute. I think. Yeah, it's oh, very adorable. cute.
2: Seeing uh, seeing them
0: paired together is. I can't
2: watch the behind the scenes, so I'm still watching the show. Like I'm I'm looking forward to when I'm done going back because it pulls me out of it too much, and I can't do that right now. Like I'm. There's in. definitely stuff where I'm surprised.
0: There's a character name we haven't talked about yet on the show that they very easily mentioned to the after stuff that has not been mentioned to the show before. I know I'm dancing around it, but I don't want to talk about spoilers. Um, Where, yeah, I think you've made the right choice, Pete. If you don't want to know stuff going ahead, don't watch the Aftermatter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. See, I'm Uh, sort of actually, I'm actually in Pete's boat here. I haven't been watching the the after show stuff for
2: that reason. Cool. So I want to talk about uh, Cyborg a little bit. Well, just just
1: before we move off, I want to say I do think this is a metaphor for being like a creative. It's all about the day job, being an outsider. Uh, Very fun. Rita, great mail sorter. The name Bendy, Keeper. No Very
2: funny. Nah, not Nah,
0: Bendy enough. is great. She could be Bendy. It's better than what is she? Elastigirl, which is come on. Rita far is
2: a nice like. It's a name that fits her. You know what I mean? It's a little bit extra, a little bit more. Bendy's too. No. Do you think she's called Rita far because
0: she can reach so far? Yeah, near or far. Know. Really interesting. Got it. Interesting. Uh, that was another thing. Really like the scene of her sorting mail. That was very fun as well. I did want to get back and talk about Malcolm for a second though, because I feel like he has to be the guy that they meet in the tunnel of souls, right? Who seems exactly. He's the
2: one who's kind of a little bit of a. Slime yeah. Don't let so. him
1: see you sweat. He said it. Yeah. He said it in that yeah. episode. He said it in this yeah. episode. He's the it's guy.
0: Big he loves moment. I feel like. Whatever happened to Malcolm that killed him and sent him to the Tunnel of Souls, that might be the thing that is the turning point for the sisterhood of Dada, potentially.
1: Yeah, he does feel like the um, uh, metaphorical beating heart of the sisterhood of Dada and uh, him, whatever happens to his face and the deformation that he has in the afterlife, I feel like that's going to be a problem because, I mean, we're seeing it not to get to the end, but the end we have the Sisterhood of Dada bursting out of the fireplace in the present day at, at Doom Mansion with Piffle Paffle on the wall, little flame bird, like they yeah. are aggressive. Um, Phoenix rise, Coming for Laura.
0: Yeah, I feel like, and this is again getting into speculation, but I feel like Laura probably let them down in some way, maybe not straight up betrayed them, but they were held prisoner by the Bureau of Normalcy for decades. So potentially whatever happened to Laura left them there, and that might yeah. be what they blame her for.
1: Well, yeah, it's... It's, we'll see if Rita and Laura are in fact the same person. still possible. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, I think it's, it, it's also tracking alongside the – fallen leader situation that we have with the doom patrol with Niles. We learn that Niles actually caused their accidents. Laura did something to betray them and now they're coming for her.
2: And uh, Rita kind of taking care of, uh, Niles's packages, you know, it's interesting. She has a twinge. And again, we kind of get this body elephant thing, um, that uh, you know, uh, Laura keeps uh, bringing up. So it's this interesting of like, if you don't have a memory, but it's kind of like your your kind of soul is trying to tell you things. It's a that's an interesting kind of thing. Yeah. Um,
1: she's sorting through the niles piles the piles of niles Mm -hmm.
2: which i wish she wouldn't like let some of that slide that guy's not gonna need any no she i like that
0: moment as well just that sparking some sort of feeling in her the idea that you can have feelings even if you don't have memories i thought was very nice there's miles there's
1: miles of niles piles that she has to compile speaking
2: of feelings feels like it's pete's bile yeah. Uh, Cyborg is, you know, climbing uh, uh, his mom's mountain and having all sorts of human feelings. Uh, it's nice to see him, you know, kind of like it's interesting that he's struggling with who he is and this robot self, but he's being superhuman. You know, he's kind of being nostalgic. He doesn't know what to do. He's staring at a couple rocks. You know, I mean, that's there's nothing more human than that.
1: Well, he's someone who I, I think who is having some big revelations here, and he's taking the advice he got from his mom and maybe going in a – he's not accepting himself like I feel like is what we would expect the lesson to be. Instead, he's like, I'm going to make a change in myself. Yeah. Um, and maybe he's going to get into trouble go, here.
2: I don't think he'll go through with it, but I think it's one of those things where um, – yeah, you know, questioning yourself, questioning who you are and what you're about, that's very human. And um, I was a little disappointed that he stole one of his mom's rocks at the top of the hill. It's not, didn't he pocket one of those rocks? I mean, she it did. carried, it's a pocket that's like taking a trip away from her that's like saying oh you didn't go up the hill this time I'm taking he kept Once. something of his parents
0: uh, I'm gonna take a little bit of a contrary viewpoint I want them to move on with whatever's going on with cyborg because I feel How like he is dare you listen I know this is another one of those episodes where everybody kind of went off on their own separate missions and were doing their own things but every season cyborgs like well See you later, Dude Patrol. I'm wrestling with what it means to be human. And it starts to feel to me at a certain point in episodes like this like they don't exactly know what to do with Cyborg. Oh, how dare you. You know? I I'm like the actor, in- I like the character, but It's much more interesting to me when he's working off of other people versus doing his own thing.
2: I'm sorry that your life is so perfect that you never question things, that you don't ever kind of sit there and go, What should I do next? I'm kind of stuck in a in a tough place right now. I wish I had like family or I've already discovered
0: my mommy rocks, so I'm Yeah, well
2: you're fucking Mummy overachieving rocks. asshole. All right? So Thanks, calm it down a little bit and don't get <laughs> mad at Cyborg for having to fucking compl- grapple with shit. All right? There's I a compliment
1: in there, Alex. Pete complimented you. So
2: just like fucking Halfway. let him struggle a little bit. I'm sorry he doesn't have mentors. He tries to go to Cliff and Cliff's like, yo, I don't give a shit about you, which was cold as ice like they were the problem they were friends. is
0: the problem is that he's been doing the same thing for seasons he's like ah oh, what does my mom mean to me what does my dad mean to me and i know their, the whole point of the show is they're not quite getting past their issues but i feel like they found different modes and different ways of hitting that with all of the other characters i thought jane was a great example this episode where last episode When we were talking about on the podcast, I know my concern was, okay, once again, she is at odds with the underground. And granted, that's where we end up at the end here. But the idea that Kay, for the first time ever, goes above ground, you have Jane encouraging her. She steals a bike, mind you. So still complicated stuff there. It's a victimless crime. But I really liked where Jane ends up, where they're talking about... Was Jane doing this because it is selfless? And like she says, there's some phrase, I wrote it down, but I'm not fighting immediately, about like selflessness is maybe the only uh, coin that we have in here. or Oh, is the only commodity. Is there anything that's a selfless act? And Jane thinks kindness is the only, the only commodity that they have. I like so that. I just, versus I, is Jane actually being selfish? And is she trying to feed her own ego in this? I think it's an open debate, but where jane is in this episode pushes that forward in a dramatic way i think it's true for the rest of the characters Cyborg seems stuck in this stasis in the same mode and once he does whatever he's doing with human skin i think that's going to push him forward in a big way but this yeah. episode i was like Come on, let's get to it. Let's
2: get okay, it. all right, first off, so you're okay with Jane struggling and being in the same place for a long time, but not Cyborg? Is that what you're no, saying? No, that's Look, literally I, the opposite of what I'm saying. think okay, Alex's well, because- point,
1: Alex, let me just say Alex's point before you get mad about it. I think he's saying they are telling similar stories, but the Cyborg one hasn't been reframed enough to be new and interesting. I think it's going to get there next episode would be my prediction. I was very
2: moved by the hill and rock moments. I'm sorry it didn't hit for you as well, but it's, you know, sometimes you are stuck in life and it's not creative.
1: Yeah. I think it's okay that you guys disagree. (laughs) What are you talking about in particular,
2: (laughs) Pete? I'm just saying. I think You're your
1: outie and your
0: innie need to have a conversation is what's going on here. We should go on a he, hike
1: together, the three of us. We'll <laughs> go bring rocks. We'll each make a little pile. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll not bring my It's
2: creative rocks. enough for you of a fucking shot or whatever creative. selection, but it's it's Did you great to see the made? mighty cyborg struggle with you know who he is and what's going on because from the outside world, everybody thinks he's got it made. He's cyborg. So uh, I, it's kind of interesting. I've just been hearing
0: that for three seasons at this point. Everybody's like, wow,
2: the mighty cyborg. Are you been... related to Cyborg, Pete? You're yeah, taking this your very deal? personally. I'm just, I, I think they're making a strong choice. And to see you disparage it is a little upsetting. I just think it's the worst garbage I've ever seen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's, that's it. Let's t-
1: talking about Jane, um, I do like this. Jane feels like a mom watching her kid, Kay, really like, come into herself. And I think that's great. I think Jane's right here and the rest of the underground is going to cause a bunch of problems for her for the rest of this season, despite the fact that she's doing the right thing.
0: And Pete, I Uh, don't know if you want to respond to this, but I think the problem comes from going to therapy, which is always the wrong thing to do. Pete, do you want to weigh in on that?
2: Okay. But I want to back up the truck for a second because Justin was talking about like Jane being a good mom. And as the only one here who doesn't have kids, I'm going to weigh in on being a parent here, which feels, uh, something that I can do. Bring I it. think that, um, cat daddy has entered uh, the when, conversation. <laughs> when the, uh, K steals that bike and Jane talks about seeing the wind in her hair and the smile in her face. Yes, that is awesome. But Kay just took that joy from another kid whose bike that is, you know, like uh, uh, stealing and also, you know, could get her in a lot of trouble. Of course, she doesn't have to worry about trouble because she can just go back to the underground now that she's got her bike. But now Jane has to go up and deal with the ramifications of that. And I just feel like, yeah, it's a nice moment, but it'd be cool if, uh, you know, Kay maybe did that without having to kind of like steal that bike away from somebody. Pete, that know, was like... a
1: serial killer's bike that she took away from them before they could ride <laughs> You don't know that.
2: You don't know that. Because no, the joy the, of those the, shoes... The bloody
1: could cyclist have... was on the prowl. Well, but think about it this way. You're,
0: de- you're defending this, Pete, but she's going to be riding that bike in the underground with no shoes on, which yeah. she could get a real bad scrape. Like just on the bottom are some calluses or something like that. And See, well, yeah, I grew up the in the country, grow. so
1: riding yeah. without your
0: shoes on is yeah, a yeah, distinct that's, pleasure. Yeah, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I always wore a bike in full body armor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're a city boy. Yeah. You're yeah, a city kid. Yeah. Scared of scrapes sir alex of <laughs> long island <laughs> i thought this plot line was really
0: good i thought diane guerrero again was really good at this plot line why don't we talk about larry though and his big showdown with his son oh, paul oh, yeah. which does not go i think how anybody really expected because paul really lays into him and then larry hits back twice as
1: hard, twice as hard. Larry, lt Look. stands up for himself finally what a great great speech he finally cuts through paul's hatred and has enough confidence in who he is as a person and the hand that he's been dealt. Larry had the biggest win, I think of maybe the series from one of the Doom Patrol characters finally like being confident in themselves here.
2: All right, well, okay. Let's take that down a notch a little bit because I feel like he did a great job standing up for himself, but then he tells his son to leave when like, that's not what you want. You guys clearly want to connect with each other a little bit, don't tell your son to leave. Yeah. Yell at him for like, Hey dude, it's not all as simple as you're making it. Um, and of course he has the right to yell at his father for never being there. I mean, he's in the right there. So like, Hey, you blow off some steam. I blow off the steam, but instead of telling him to leave, like maybe, Hey, let's talk about this some more.
0: And they're going to, I think, I don't think they're done. You're absolutely right. There's more to say, but I think in terms of, being definitive at the end there and essentially being like being the father and saying, go to your room and think about this for a little bit is basically what he did. I yes. thought that was a really smart, strong decision, which I was
2: love great. It. it was great to see him stand up for himself. I just felt like the leave was a little, a little harsh, but uh, yeah, like you said, that was a huge win. Have an LT stand up for himself and kind of talk about like, you know, all the shit that he's been through.
1: As our parenting expert, do you feel like when you're parenting your cat, you ever accidentally like are too harsh when you're like, "Go to your litter box."
2: I'm constantly too harsh. No, no, se- no
1: 7 p.m. 6 p.m. treat for you today. It's something I know you say often.
2: You know, I uh it's such a joy when uh, your partner shares things uh, on a podcast <laughs> that is private and personal. You know, it's just really Well, that's you. A, I'm a sorry. You met her in this world and she,
1: that's the where she will stay. Yeah, no, hey, that's, hey, the life, listen, that's the cat. life of a cat daddy. Gotta
0: go yeah. gather those mommy rocks.
1: Cat, cat daddies and mommy rocks. Hey, you little cat, cover up your butthole. <laughs> what? That's
2: Yeah, something when, it's here, good you... when the
0: cat's going out to a dance or whatever. Like, don't forget yeah, to, to cover a your
2: butthole.
0: Do yeah. <laughs> a cat dance.
1: The okay, cat leave,
0: leave space for cat Jesus, cats. Oh my God. That's what we always say. Let's talk about Cliff speaking about seeing God because he sees God in... Uh, The the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as in Chipmunk Jump, Stan is online poker dealer, and Ginger is cam girl. Those are the three people he worships in this episode. (laughs) This was so ludicrous and so much fun to watch over the course of the episode. I loved cutting back to the Cliffs off
1: each time. It was really, it was funny. I was like, is this progress for Cliff? And then it's absolutely not. It, It was just like, it was another great monologue. This guy loves the Internet. He too, has too many screens open, mm-hmm. um, and he's lost his mind. But it was very <laughs> funny that his, like, father, son, and Holy Ghost are these three dumb Internet things, and he, like, really finds God, like you're saying, Alex, and then gives, it up, gives up his actual body, sacrifices his body, like a little fellow I know as Cat Jesus Christ, <laughs> uh, for the sake of being able to um, serve his Lord, the video poker guy.
2: It was uh, it, it. There were some great lines, but the problem is, um, it was hard to see Cliff uh, lash out um, on uh, uh, you know um, Vic Stone there. So cyborg. I was, uh, uh, yeah, cyborg. So Man, it was you just, are
1: re- you've become a cyborg as become your guy.
2: Well, I just feel that like they they were making like old school cop shows, you know. Uh that was fun. The two of them getting along like that's peak both of them. And I you know, I want to get that back to there instead of him lashing out uh like that and uh, not being a good uh, friend or team uh, member. So, uh it's hard to see Cliff like this because well- we've had glimmers of uh, him being great, and so it's tough to well, see I, him fall. I
0: think Justin's right, though, that somebody, everybody is off on their own things, so they're not concentrating on Cliff thing, and that it's going to come to bite them in the ass probably in an episode or two. Whenever somebody uses the plans for Cliff body to do, what was the guy's name? It was like Dingleberry Twenty Nine, fuzzy,
1: fuzzy, some fuzzy, 59, fuzzy 59. genitals,
0: yeah, something yep. like that. Uh, that's going to come to bite them in the ass pretty soon, I'm sure, but. Jane and Cliff had decided to work together and take care of each other. But Jane is off doing her own thing and Cliff is spiraling out of control. Cyborg is so consumed with who he is that he can't be the buddy cop to Cliff. And so Cliff is heading in exactly the wrong direction here. That all said, like I mentioned earlier, the punchline at the end of the storyline that is like, and I'm going to win you that keychain was Perfect. Like that was the cherry on the top there of this whole ridiculous spending all of his money thing. Really like that quite a lot. What other moments from the episode? Oh, Fuzzy Rim Job. That's who it is. There you go. Oh my God, of course. What other moments from the episode do we want to call out? I know we've talked about a lot of stuff here.
1: Uh, two things. Um, LT is giving birth. This is his third trimester in yep. an episode-by-episode trimester situation. I think we're going to have a new negative spirit, a little baby negative spirit, in the next, a little sprite in the next episode, which is um, hopefully fun and exciting. Also, but, speaking about
0: birth, I just wanted to very quickly mention the LT line. Your foot was as big as an orange slice, and I knew you'd be tall. Yeah. yeah. Very specific.
1: Poetic. Like this episode was very poetic in a lot yes. of ways, and I, I liked that. The only other thing I wanted to say is that the music really played a larger role in this episode. Like, feels like their cues were sort of turned up a little bit, that uh, sort of electro soundtrack that they've had for the run of the series really hits a little harder in this episode, I guess maybe to enhance the individual emotions and storylines that we were focused on rather than the more team stuff of other episodes. And they
0: invent Lady Gaga, so that's
1: pretty impressive too.
0: Oh yeah, that was a fun moment.
1: Yeah. All
0: right, why don't we wrap up here? Who was most doomed this episode? Pete, you want to take this one first? Who was most doomed this
2: episode? Well, this is, this is tough. I, I feel like um, I'm really, uh, I'm worried about uh, uh, Cliff and Vic, you know, and uh, I feel like the pair of them are most doomed and uh, I'm, I'm worried about their friendship. Mm-hmm.
0: Justin, what about uh, you? Who's most doomed this episode?
1: That cop opening credit sequence from last season really left a mark on you, Pete.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I'm going to go with Cliff. He's he's blown at hardcore. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's having revelations in the wrong direction when it feels like most everyone else, even though I think Cyborg's making a mistake with it, chasing up this skin, I think he's at least getting closer to uh, confronting his his sort of issues of identity. Um, Rita coming into her own Jane making the right choices for Kay though there will be consequences Uh, LT highest highest value of LT of the season Um, so in my fantasy Doom Patrol League um, LT's crushing it right now
0: I gotta say Laura is most doomed she clearly is the center of a lot of things going on here and whatever's going on in the sisterhood of Dada both in the past and the present
2: she's standing in front of a fire she's gotta get out of there I mean those curtains are gonna go up Mm mm-hmm 100% agree if you'd like to support this podcast and our curtain
0: reclamation fund patreon.com slash comic book club also we do a live show every tuesday night at 7pm to crowdcast on youtube come hang out we would love to chat with you about doom patrol itunes android spotify stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe listen and follow the show at comic book live on twitter comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more and now before we go a piece
2: of advice from pete LePage. If someone trades their heart for a canary, that's a red flag in the relationship. <laughs> wow, you're down on it.
1: Uh cat daddy.